Hey, it's Jackie. And in a previous episode, I asked the question, can men be friends? And I answered that question with a big fat yes. I argued that in the New Testament, the most predominant relationship between men and women is brother and sister. It's not danger romance, it's brother, sister. I would argue that fear and power have been at play. Resurrected or erected these false boundaries in the form of fixed roles and rules around marriage and friendship and community. We've been told that if we follow these rules, we'll be safe. But I wonder at what cost? What lose, or I guess I could ask it the other way, what is gained when we risk living out Jesus's best story for us? Today, I'm talking with my friends. I call them honorable kin. They are not my blood, but they are my family. We have done decades of life together. We've served inside and outside the church. We've done life around the table. We have traveled together to places like Vancouver and Costa Rica and Israel and New Hampshire, just to name a few. We've watched each other's kids grow up. We've known each other's extended families. The Bible tells me this is the best vision that God has for men and women. And I have experienced that truth. And I'm here to tell you, once you've lived into that story, well, <laughs> you're never going back. Welcome to the Jackie Always Unplugged podcast, where we're having off-the-record conversations. I'm Reverend Dr. Jackie Reese, founder and president of The Marcella Project. As a pastor, preacher, and thought leader, I've walked with women of faith for decades and had thousands of conversations about what women encounter solely because they are women. At work, family, their faith, with relationships, sex, the church, their bodies, and Jesus. On this podcast, we're going to be asking hard questions, dealing with real issues, and revisiting scripture with a new lens. These conversations are going to put words to your female experience. They're going to ennoble you as Jesus intended and encourage you to bring your full self to the table. It's here we're going to reshape our view. Welcome back. Today, I have Krista, Kelly, Amy G, Amy P, Greg, Ben, and Steve and I talking. I want to thank you guys for taking this time out this morning. Uh, you know how I feel about you, right? Um, and I'm going to share you guys with our listeners. Um, my peeps get to meet my other peeps. It's all going to be a fun conversation. So one of the things we've done together over the years is we've celebrated decade birthdays. And um, I think if I'm correct, Steve and Greg, you're like one day apart, right? Isn't that correct? Yeah. Correct. Yep. And then one. Amy. I'm the older one. Older one. <laughs> by, how, by how many years, Greg? I'm, I'm one day, same year, one day older. So you're, than, you're a whole day Steve. wiser. So, a whole day wiser. Uh, that's right. That's a whole day. Yep. Whole day. And Amy, uh, Amy P. and I are five days apart in our birthday month. And Kelly's birthday is coming up this month. And so we've celebrated a lot of birthdays together. And y'all remember we flew to New Hampshire uh, on my 50th in October, right? Because I love the New England, the fall, the apples. And uh, anybody want to share what, what we did, what we bought first? Because like we landed, we went and got some good food. And then Steve decided to, to get, load us up with something. Anybody want to share what that was? 
It was a truckload of lobsters, like a whole truck. <laughs> I think 25, wasn't no, it? a boatload. I think, I think we, no, we it was cornered, more than cornered the market on lobsters. <laughs> no, Not a we, half we, truck, but a whole truck. <laughs> no, we went. Or maybe we it was. Maybe it was boat. a whole boat. I think it we was went a whole to the boat. boat that's what it was. Where they had pulled them in that morning, and they were five dollars a piece. And I think we bought thirty-five of them, or something like that. Wow. Yes. I just. We, we were eating it at every meal. I mean, we're trying to figure out: Can you make lobster bread? How about lobster cookies? <laughs> I do remember at one point Greg saying, "I think I've had enough lobster." <laughs> Well, and whoever would say that? I know, right? It's crazy. You know what? That Steve has overdone it over the top. Um, yeah, there's a rule in our group getting together. Like Amy P and Steve are, not, and and I would add Greg are not allowed to go to the grocery store without one of the rest of us because they overbuy, overfeed, overdo every time. Um, so you know, I love apples. You're welcome. You're welcome. Is all I have to say today. <laughs> More, more is better. Yes, I know you guys think so. It's amazing. We're not all 500 pounds, but, um, you know, I love apples. And uh, one of the things I asked you guys to do, well, just so our listeners know how much I love apples. I have an apple every single day. Um, And my mom ships me in Macowans, which you can only get in upstate New York, New England area every October for my birthday. And I'm very generous. Like you can have anything you want in my house, but when those apples show up, nobody's getting any of them. And so we went apple picking and I just wonder, I mean, you guys have all thought I was a bit absurd over the apple thing. And what'd you think about picking apples? It was amazing. It was, I had never, um, I did not understand your obsession with apples until after that trip. And they they just taste so different mm-hmm. off the tree than they do <laughs> from the. They're grocery like store. candy. It might have changed yeah. my life a little bit. <laughs> and we had donuts, right, Steve? That's your big thing. You don't care about the apples. Yeah, we had uh, apple cider donuts with uh, fresh apple cider, and you know you can't until you've tried, until you've experienced that you don't understand. And it's, I love the actual experience of actually picking, right? The only problem is there's so many and you can't possibly get them all home, right? Like we should have brought a truck, but we've done a lot of food together. We've done a lot of laughing and we've shed tears. I would love to hear um, why you guys think this group matters. Like, why are we taking time to talk about our particular tribe, if you will? Um, I don't mind going. Okay, can I yep. can I say something as the ADD person in our group, which I think I'm the only one. Um, when I do think about this group of friendship and what is so special, and why we have all lasted the test of time, um, I think it is in part because I know for myself, I don't spend a lot of energy comparing myself to you guys, like what is this? Or she's got a bigger house. She may have a house in Belize. You know who you are. And other things. Some people have their doctorate. You know who you are. Anyway, I feel like in so many groups, that becomes such a thing of comparison and how that kills the joy and the relationships. But I do feel like in this group, the difference is I don't compare. What I do is celebrate. I mean, mm. when Jackie got her doctorate, Oh, my stars. I felt smarter because 
I can tap into that. And I can tap into all these special friendships and I am more because of them. And I don't need any of us to be less because we are more together. Yeah. It's, and um, yeah. anyway, I think that's what's lasted the test of time. And I feel such a privilege to be able to share in each one of these friends' giftedness. And um, sometimes I'm the one y'all are carrying and sometimes I'm the one carrying yep. y'all. But I think yeah. that's partly why we have lasted this long is because we truly celebrate yeah. each other and love each other yeah. in humility and in all those things. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate that. I agree. Steve, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just thinking, actually, we've started watching the show Shrinking uh, over the last couple of nights. And one of the things I love about the show is the, um, the it somewhat reminds me of our relationship here in this group is that there's a diversity of friends Um but they actually help each other be in relationship. They actually push each other to be honest. And I think that's been one of the joys of being in amongst um, this group together is, you know, it's been a long time. We've been through ups and downs and ins and outs and uh, we're aging, but uh, I think we actually care enough about the relationships that we actually don't hold back. We don't uh, BS and, um, there's very little passive aggressive kind of uh, approaching of each other. It's just like, okay, Hey, let's get together. Um, We need to talk about some shit and we do. And that's refreshing. So we celebrate and talk about shit. All right. (laughs) Anybody else want to share why this this matters? I was, I was, I I was going to say that we've shown up. It's not just showing up for the celebrations, right? We've shown up for the hard stuff too. Um, yeah, and I think that in some ways that's where it's kind of forged. Uh, I think two things I think that it has helped us bond is that we've shown up for each other in difficult times, and we've done mission together uh, in different ways. Yeah. You know, all of us do mission differently, uh, have different passions about it, um, but serving others with each other, I think, has made us stronger. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I have shared with uh, my listeners before the story of uh, the time I had a, a breakdown, basically, in, in, in Walmart and decided I was going to um, can cauliflower to solve this crisis I was in. And I just melted on the floor. And my son took me home and he looked at me like, what happened to mom? And he did the most wise thing for such a high school. He was a high schooler, you know, and he he basically called, he called the women in this group and he said, my mom is not okay. And every single one of you women put down what you were doing, including your work. You drove halfway across the city. You know, you brought me drugs, you brought me food, you held my hand, uh, you let, you helped me get out of that. So yeah, you guys have showed up. We have celebrated and we have done the heart together too. And the mission. Yep. I mean, if it weren't for Kelly and Krista, I wouldn't even have launched Marcella. I mean, Krista like totally took that and made that happen. Uh, my ministry wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. So, yeah, you are right. Anybody else want to share? I would say uh, this group um, that I feel like is my family makes me whole. Um, 
you know, there's times that you can, I can be out in my life doing life as a single um, female. Um, and I always know that I have this group to um, rely on, to, um, you know, lay my head on their shoulders, um, seek advice, um, and just knowing that you all are there makes it, you know, easier to navigate the world sometimes. I, I love that um, we we kind of know each other's extended families. We've 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 married off family members. We've we've buried family members. Um, it's just you know we're not just there for the like Greg had said, not just there for the celebrations and the fun stuff, but there for the hard stuff. Yeah. Anybody else want to speak into that? We don't all have to go, you know. <laughs> all right, let me let me uh, move us. Oh, oh Kelly's I'm trying sorry. to say Kelly, something. Didn't mean to cut you off, sister. No, that's all right. Thank you. I just wanted to say that first of all, you know, Jackie, when you were having your your episode where your son called, it was medication that people brought you, not drugs. <laughs> just don't want any. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Uh -huh. confused. Mm -hmm. hear that. <laughs> and then yeah. this group different uh, or special is that it's really um, community in terms of we're not segregated by our our um, gender or our marital status, which is a lot of times the way that our society and frankly, unfortunately, our churches segregate people. You know, are you married? You go here. If you're not married, you go there. Are you male? You go in this room, female, this room. And it's, it's, it, we have lived by segregation and that we can't control it. Things that we can't control. And I think this group is different. I love just being a part of a group of mar with married people and um, individuals of different education backgrounds and come from different parts of the country and just, and, and have children and some don't just, I, I think that's what life is all about. Just experiencing others, family members and experiences and perspectives. Yeah, which is perfect. That takes me right to where I wanted to go, which is the idea that the thing that I think, I agree with you 100%. I think this group is a little different in that we have chosen, we've been intentional about saying no to the danger romance narrative and saying yes to the brother sister uh, model that I think is demonstrated in scripture. Um, and we've been very intentional about that. So we have hung out as a group. We've all flown to New England and, and hung out for birthdays and all of those kinds of things. But uh, as you've mentioned, we also have developed relationships kind of one-on-one. -on -one. And it doesn't matter whether you're married or not married, or if you're male or female or have kids or don't have kids. And I think that's unusual. And um, so I would love to share with our listeners just what that has looked like for you to have had a relationship with the opposite gender, if you will, in this group that's outside of something that's occurred outside of us hanging out as groups. Like, how has that looked? Because we've built those relationships individually with each other outside of the group too. So uh, Greg, you shared something with me a while back. Uh, I'd love for you to tell our, our listeners about that event you had with Amy. Amy G. Well, I was going to say Amy G and I knew each other, but hadn't spent significant time together. 
um, until we went to Africa. And Amy had been to Africa before me. Uh, and, you know, we were both working on uh, the water project with Steve. And, uh, and so the first time I felt like Amy was a little bit my mentor because I was, I was navigating a new world. Um, uh, what I, I had seen and was seen, um, kind of changed my worldview, mm-hmm. um, significantly and, and it, and it really broke me. And that's not something that, that, you know, Krista can identify with, with me or Kelly or Amy P for that matter, or even Ben. Right. Um, Steve, he, that's his thing. Right. So it's just a thing for Steve, <laughs> you know, uh, you just you're following, you know, it's like when we get when we landed in Heathrow, he just looked back at us and said, hey, just stay on my ass. And we're we're walking through Heathrow like it's a like a racetrack. You welcome, know, welcome to and, my marriage. Uh, not knowing where the <laughs> heck we're going. Yeah. And uh, but but Amy and I were only together for the first half of the trip. Um, I stayed another half and navigated another part of, of Africa with Steve. And, uh, you know, by the time I got back, I almost had a reverse, I don't know what you call that, reverse um, culture type situation where it locked me up to go into the mm-hmm. grocery store after being with people who don't, can't go to a grocery store, who don't have electricity, who don't have water. And um, Amy called to check on me after I got back and I had no words as she said, so how are you doing? And I think the first couple of minutes, it was just me crying. And she goes, I know, I understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, that forever uh, bonded Amy and I, no matter what else yeah. happened. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What about uh, Amy G? What about you? Where has this shown up where you've had one of your brothers come into your life and, that's made a difference. Oh gosh, where do I start? Um, I think um, I'll start with Steve because when I first opened my own business, um, I would be struggling with certain decisions that had to be made, you know, hard decisions that had to be made. And Steve always um, just had the right words and um, wisdom, you know, just, in reassuring me that, you know, that's business, that's, that's how it's done. Um, you know, and there was even a time where he wasn't available, um, during a situation and he, um, even made sure another one of our friends, uh, John was there to help me navigate a difficult decision. And so, um, Steve's always, you know, uh, been a cheerleader for my business and just helped me, make some really hard, hard decisions and reassure me that, you know, this is, this is business and this is, you know, kind of how it's done. Can, can and, I, can I share, um, can I share a little goes bit on. of that story of John with the, with the audience? Would you mind, or would you prefer to keep it limited? Sure. <clears throat> well, so you, y'all care. who are listening, you can't see Amy G, but Amy G is this tiny, maybe a hundred pounds when she's all wet blonde-haired little thing. I mean, she's a whoopersnapper, and she could take you maybe, but... And she had to fire a a big dude in her office, and she runs her own company, and she had to let this guy go. And so she was a little nervous in in the late evening, how that would look in the later evening. 
to let him go. And so Steve was out of town and so he wasn't able to be there. And so Steve called one of their friends and said, his friends and said, Hey, would you be willing? And John is a big dude. Would you just be willing to go and sit in Amy's office while Amy does this so that she feels taken care of, like nothing's going to happen to her. And so that's exactly what John did. It all went great. There was nothing that went sideways, but it was comforting. I would imagine for you to feel like, Hey, my brothers, they've got me. They've even physically got me if something goes wrong in my office. Oh, yeah. John showed up out of his busy day and came into my office and we prayed together and he you know, stayed there throughout the whole thing. And it, it was hard, um, but easier yeah. with him there. And Steve was the one that, you know, made sure that someone was there. And so just things like that yeah. all the time. Um, you know, I'll get calls from Ben, um, you know, when I was living with you and Steve and you guys would go spend the summers and in uh, upstate New York. And, um, you know, he, Ben was always just calling to check on me, making sure I was okay. And I still mm-hmm. get those calls. Um, and, you know, those just mean so much. I get those um, calls too when Steve's out and of the country. So, ben, ben taps in. Are you all right? You doing okay? I'm like, hell yeah, I got a week off. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? You know, I would say one thing. I mean, Kelly and I are kind of in the same business. You know, we're kind of in the recruiting, talent acquisition, executive search business. And and it's been good for me just to get her perspective on things, right? I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And, um, and you know, and, and it's it's interesting because I think one of the things I've I've kind of growing up in the, you know, in the church where a lot of these times, I mean, a lot of times these relationships are, are, are frowned upon you and, and having two daughters personally, you know, you see it's kind of a disadvantage to, um, what's the word, maybe disincentivize uh, brothers and sisters sharpening one another. I mean, I've benefited a lot from Kelly's insight into this business world and, um, you know, and I think to myself, you know, my daughters would be at a disadvantage yeah. if 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 they aren't able to have some opportunities to be sharpened by their male uh, experience. Yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. They can have so much in their marriage, right? Both your daughters are married, but they need some relationships, mixed gendered relationships outside of marriage, outside of that. Um, any AVP, you want to share anything? You don't have to, just didn't know if you had something you wanted to. We have to mute and unmute. Everybody. Did you say Amy P, I hope? Yeah. I'm about to. Yeah, Amy P. Uh, um, Amy P. Anyway, I, I will tell just a story from way back when we first started being friends. And I grew up in East Texas. It's a little over the top men over women. And, um, I, my husband was probably one of the first men that I had ever dated or been around that actually wanted my opinion and respected me in that way. And I remember we were talking about something at a dinner one night early on in all of our relationships. And I just remember my sweet brother, Steve, just saying, Hey, everybody just stop. I can't say exactly what he said, cause it's not okay <laughs> for radio, but stop. and he goes, Amy, can you say that again, what you were going to say? That sounded really good. And I thought, 
holy mackerel, this guy actually respects what I'm thinking and what I'm saying. And, you know, I, I, I was just super surprised. Sad that I was surprised, but totally in no yeah. or whatever you say that he actually cared yeah. what I said. And then I went on to say it and everybody was like, well, that's a thought. That's a really good idea. And I was like, wow, this, this, this can work. And my husband always encourages me to be all that I can be, but it was beautiful to have somebody else encourage me to be yeah. all that I can be. So, and that's made a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. I in love that. I love that. Yeah. Our brothers can actually redeem from, for us, restore for us some things that we, that have been taken from us because we're women and uh, living in a, you know, even if it's a low patriarchal culture, it's a patriarchal culture. So, um, Steve, I would love for you to share, like, I think this is the one that will probably blow everybody away a little bit, like we're crossing lines, but I think I asked you to share something about uh, when you go to Dallas, we live in Austin, you go to Dallas. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm still kind of hurt that people don't think I can go to the grocery store on my own. Um, <laughs> oh, you can go. You just come back with 35 lobsters. Yeah, but what's wrong with 35 lobsters? That's what I'm still trying to figure out, too. I don't understand what the issue is. These, these, I'm totally on your side, Steve. I mean, it's just the, ridiculous. The store looks like the store. The store looks like a, you know, it must be a hurricane or something, you know, all the shelves are cleared. Uh, yeah, I, I wind up in Dallas a lot, uh, run a nonprofit, and we have uh, funders there and have to meet with them, et cetera. And I always like to stay with, uh, with Kelly because, um, you know, we can, I'm going to get questions from Kelly about that aren't surfacey questions, and I enjoy those. Uh, they help me to, to, uh, to think through. Uh, areas of my life, but, but perhaps more importantly, my marriage. And I think I think we wind up having a good time drinking wine and, and asking questions and, and, and sometimes hanging uh, lights from the ceiling in the middle of that, too. But um, I, I just, uh, you know, Jackie, you and I have coffee every morning and we sit together every evening. And, and obviously um, your listeners know you have deep thoughts and questions all the time. Um, sometimes I need those to come from a different direction, um, even though they're really the same questions. And I feel like Kelly does that yeah. for me. And I love that because you can hear sometimes better from her than me. So, And I just, I just have to, I'm remembering one time, Jackie, when you sent Steve to Costco for some <laughs> potatoes and he came back with a bed. Yes, this is why he cannot go to the grocery store alone. That's <laughs> Exactly. You're, all, you're all fired. Craig, were you going to say something? Well, I, I'm offended that he doesn't appreciate our opinion. <laughs> That's all I'm You're saying. not downtown. You're way up north in suburbia. And then he'd have to feels, deal with feels, teenagers. Well, actually, that's that, so. You you, you, you bring up a good point, Greg. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's made this uh, uh, this group of friends important um, for me in general. Is uh, I I expect questions, and uh, we wind up in conversations. Uh, all of us at different points at different times. So, uh, and and each of us have kind of different different skills, different passions, etc. And I, I I turn to different people here in this group for different answers, what I think is important, and Kelly mentioned it earlier, is you know, I, I, I went to seminary where the entire, I mean, every moment of every day of every class, there was some kind of statement about, 
you know, basically the danger of being in any kind of relationship yep. with women. One professor wrote down, you know, in the, in a, not only did was he writing notes in his Bible, but he also wrote down in his Bible every time a pastor failed. And uh, I just didn't get it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not nearly as theological as, as most people, but I just feel like if God made men and women his image, he kind of expected us to um, uh, represent him uh, together. And it's, just, it's just a little frustrating that we are taught if we go somewhere with people, um, we're going to definitely be in danger. And I think what it does is it actually has created an, a place where we become split, split personalities so that men in ministry only hear from men. They only talk with men. And there's, they're missing a whole perspective on, on 50% of the group that they're trying yeah. to minister to and hopefully with. And it's just, a, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. It's just an awful thing. And I remember when I first really started bringing women into leadership on our, on our staff. And, you know, we had to sit and have a conversation with the guys about how staff meetings needed to be different. I don't mean that they were uh, crass. They just didn't make sense and they weren't working and they weren't, they weren't encompassing of, of both genders. And so I guess I'm going on too long. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we would ever want to be less than so that we could be sure that we never once had a problem. That seems. And I just want to offer up like, yeah, and I want to offer up to that, like, uh, when you talk about that made me think of two things when you talk about, you know, that the men always talk to the men and women always talk to the women. Um, you know, it's, it is about in this group, it is about who you go to according to what gifts they have. And, uh, and I will say this, like I have loved, uh, that Greg and I can talk theology in ways that, you know, the rest of the group yawns when I start talking half the time, but, um, but Greg will send <laughs> Yeah. I actually, you're saving Steve. You're saving Steve. So, but Greg will send me, you know, a book that he's reading about some mystic and me and me. <laughs> he's saving you too, isn't he? <laughs> and he'll send me quotes, you know, and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to check out that book. And, 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 and so it is about, you know, who do I need in this group right now to help me be more, right? And I, I love what Greg brought up because he was joking when he said you thus. And Krista is right. They have dogs and teenagers and, oh, my God, they're busy. And we're not. And, oh, my God. Um, but I also love the fact that I don't ever have to worry about whether I've hurt you guys. Because, like, when I come to town, I may stay with Amy P. one night. I may stay with Amy G. one night. I never have to think, so-and-so frustrated that I didn't choose to be with them. Right. It's that I know that you're also okay with releasing me and not having to like make sure we're giving everything equal to one another. And um, I want to go back to uh, something uh, that Steve said about staying overnight at Kelly's and they drink wine and have deep, intimate conversation. And I'm pretty aware that that one right there sent some of our listeners uh, like going, what? Whoa, not sure. I'm okay with that. Um it, because of the sex thing, right? So I, I would love to hear from Kelly and then maybe Amy G. You guys are the single women in our group. I, I would love to hear what messages you've heard from the faith community about being able to be in deep, intimate relationship. Because we're not just talking about like, hey, could you come fix my tire? We're talking about intimacy. We're talking about being intimate with one another. We are intimate. We carry out the 33 one another's in scripture. So tell me, Kelly, if you'd go first, and then Amy, if you want to add to any of that, Amy G, but 
what, what are the messages and, you know, what, are, what has this been like for you as a single woman? Yeah, thanks, Jackie. I've been single for a long time. And I think always the message was, you know, that I'm a threat, right? Mm -hmm. Threat to someone's husband or threat to uh, male leadership in churches. And I just find that perspective very um, thin in that there's so many things to consider, first of all, with attraction and then someone's boundaries and where they come from. And you know, number one, am I even going to be attracted to somebody's husband? And most likely you know, not, <laughs> um, even though I might think they're adorable. You know, they're like my brothers. I mean, I think my nephews are adorable too, but I'm not attracted <laughs> to them in that way. Right. And I think my dad is darling, but, you know, I'm not attracted to him either. So I, I think that it's short sighted to think that any single woman's going to be attracted to a man at church, any man at church or the preacher or whomever. And vice versa. And I also think that when there's an affair in a relationship, there's some other things that are quite often mm -hmm. going wrong. And that symptom, that affair is a symptom of other issues. So there, there's just been a message of, you know, that person's taboo. And again, it goes back to the segregation of church. You know, we, you know that's a whole other topic, too, of even just like racial segregation. You know, there, there's all kinds of segregation, isolation in society. But that that's what I've experienced. And, and quite frankly, I just find it so boring and, <laughs> and just lack, lacking of depth and trust and, 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 you know, I think we've all spoken to this, you know, throughout this yeah, conversation. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Amy G, you don't have to add something, but if you want to feel free. Well, I would just say if, if I follow the narrative that I've heard, um, in society and in church, you know, I think about just the friendships uh, that I would have missed out on if I had, you know, if I had followed that narrative. Um, and, you know, I think about the bike rides that Greg and I have been on and, um, you know, um, Stephen and I working out and, you know, just all the all the things that I would have missed out on um, if I had followed yeah. that narrative, you know, would it my life would have you know, been so much yeah, less, less rich for sure. Well, if, and I, and I, tr I truly think about, uh, Greg and Steve and Ben as my brothers, you know, just like Kelly was saying, right. they're my brothers. And, uh, that's how I think about it. I, I want to be honest here though. Well, and I was going to just go, go ahead, Greg. No, I was just going to echo what Amy said from a guy's perspective, Kelly and Amy aren't sexual objects. They're yes. siblings. We're a sibling group, you know, um, in, in every way. I mean, we get, you know, frustrated with each other on occasion or uh, disappointed yep. or whatever yep. the thing is. Yep. We're siblings. Yep. Just like a family. I call it honorable kin. We may not but we are honorable kin. Steve, you were going to add something, but, but too? I have, I, yeah, I just have to be honest. I think there was a moment that I sensed that Amy P. was attracted to me, and it was um, that moment I ordered 35 lobsters. <laughs> There was something there, and there was a sparkle in her <laughs> eye. Uh, um, and the dr we said we were never going to really talk about that. <laughs> but okay. Well, and the, I can't believe you didn't see the sparkle in my eyes. <laughs> I did, but I, I did. Greg, I just didn't Greg, want to go yeah, there. Greg, Greg was attracted too. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and that brings me to the point of, 
you know, it's fun. I, I know at times when we've been in Austin or whatever, and Ben on the way home, Ben will have a huge sigh of relief. He was like, so Amy, like, like you got all your fun stuff, like, like you did a lot of fun things, right? Like I don't have to entertain you for the next, you know, few days. Cause Steve and I maybe went to go fishing or we did these, we both have a very high fun need and I know in the same way, Ben and Jackie have needs to talk about things over and over and over, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Again, and that's okay because that's who they are and we love them for it. But I do think, you know, when we sh- it's a little bit of that sharing each other's burdens. Sometimes my fun level is a burden to Ben. But, you know, then I come in and I get to hang out with all these friends, whether it be swimming you know what I mean, Amy G. Or what I do. You know those those needs are met for me, and that 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 makes been that that makes our relationship so much fuller. Is what I'm saying. It's not less. It's yeah, more. It is. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to add. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can. I remember. You know, we were in Colorado for Steve's fiftieth, and. Um, and we were, I remember everybody was going sledding and Jackie and I were like, you know what, I'm going to sit here and read my book. <laughs> you know, <laughs> y'all go out there and go sledding in January in Colorado in a blizzard. We'll stay here in the warm house and read. Um, I, I do think that, you know what, and, and I just want to add that I think, you know, we come into this world as brothers and sisters. And for the most part, most people leave this world yeah. as brothers and sisters. And I don't think... Um, I, you know, again, I know God said, Hey, it's not good for man to be alone, but that was mankind. And I don't, I don't always believe that that was just marriage. Um, I do, I think marriage is great. That's wonderful. And I, I would encourage, I think one of the reasons this works is because we have solid marriages. Um, you know, there's not that, that challenge and that risk. And I think that's something that is everybody needs to make sure they have. Um, but I do believe that, um, you know, that if, if, if God had intended marriage to be the end all be all there, every time there was a male born, there'd be a female born. And that's just that's not right. The case. That's right. Um, I would love to hear from Krista because Krista, you and I and Amy P are the married women. And um, we've been taught like can't have single women or other women close to our husbands. And I would love just to hear some of your journey of what it's been like. I mean, we've all benefited from you passing Greg to us, you literally handing him and saying, go ahead, send that book to Jackie, tell her that, you know, you've encouraged these relationships with women. How, how did you get there? Like, what journey was that? Tell, tell our audience how they can get there. Like, what does it take for a married woman to let go? Well, I think that it started with Greg and I's relationship because we didn't get married until we were in our 30s. And we both had baggage of um, just trust. We had some trust baggage that we had to deal with and we worked on and um, because we'd been hurt before and we do have a strong bond of trust. So I think that started there. And then when we met you guys, um, it just seemed natural because if we are to think of you guys as brothers and sisters, then why wouldn't I be saying, Greg, Call Jackie because she has all this theological stuff she wants to talk about and it's driving me nuts. Or, you know, call Kelly. She's working on starting a business or, you know, it just doesn't seem unusual, which I know it is based on some of our other relationships. 
Um, but that's how we treat everyone now. Um, and we have probably for uh, ever, um, in that we all have different strengths. And so if, if, if Amy G needs Greg's help with, you know, work or they want to go for a bike ride, great. Then I don't have to, (laughs) um, works for me. (laughs) Well, I just want to commend you because I, I think if, if, if maybe someday you could write a blog or a book on how women can release their husbands to be brothers, it would be helpful to the church. Um, well, it, it is helpful because like we have um, another group of friends and it's a married couple and a single woman. And um, it's been life changing for her to have. Um, first of all, we're not comparing each other. We're just accepting each other and what our gifts are. And then to say, Greg, can you go? Can you talk to Angie? Because she, oh, Can you talk to her? Because she is not hearing it from me. I need you to say it your way. You know, or um, we need to have her over because she's, you know, needing some guidance or, you know, her kids are getting ready to graduate. We're sad. And so it definitely, I think, is a healthy way to approach Yeah, and it can be transformative to community. I'm telling you, if we actually caught wind of this and did it well, and I love what you said, I think it does build on trust, not just, by the way, in a marriage there's some trust that has to be discussed there, but also among each other. I mean, we sure. have conversations, right, about our, our expectations of relationships. Greg, I think you wanted to add to something that Krista sure. was saying. Well, I was just going to uh, say, because of the interconnectedness of the relationship, can you hear me? No. Yep. Hear me okay? Yeah, I was yep. just going to say, you know, because of the interconnectedness of our relationships, um, there's sometimes I might not be aware of something else that's going on with one of the other members in our, you know, in our family, um, per se. And so Crystal will say, Hey, I don't know if you know, this is going on. I think you should do this or, um, you know, because I'm not in the conversations all the, all the time between, you know, different ones of us. And so she may bring awareness to something that I'm not aware of. And she goes, I think you can speak into this or, hey, can you go over and help do this or that kind of thing? And uh, and that really is that. And she's Chris is that way about a lot of different people in our lives, not just this group in that, hey, we've got a family that we're mentoring out of chronicle, you know, being chronically poor and saying, hey, she's losing her mind. She's about to quit her job. You need to call her and talk her off the ledge. You know, those kind of things that we may not be aware of otherwise. And so it's actually her pushing us to engage at a different level as well. Yeah, that's called emotional labor. And and, and a lot of us women do the emotional labor in our houses. I do the same thing for Steve. Um, and, and partly because Steve's not as attuned to picking up all the cues, you know. Um, but I, when I was in Vietnam, this in January, Steve and I were in Vietnam and uh, for celebrating our 35th anniversary. And Amy G just kept, the spirit just kept bringing her to mind. And it was driving me crazy. I texted her. She didn't respond. I don't know. It probably didn't go through whatever. So was, I ended up going from Vietnam to India and Steve ended up coming back to the States. And when he got back to the States, I'm like, I'm in India. And again, Amy G is coming to mind. Amy G is coming to mind. And finally, I call Steve and I go, could you just freaking call Amy G? Because I need the spirit to stop nagging me. 
And it turned out it was a pretty important conversation that Amy needed somebody to chat with, you know? Um, and so it's called emotional labor. It's also called the Holy Spirit funking you all the time and saying, hey, this person is needs somebody to chat with. And um, uh, I can't remember where I was going after that. Can I, can I jump in here for a second? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to say something because um, I'm mindful of, uh, my dad uh, growing up, he, whenever he had a ma- major decision to make, you know, he would, he would always say, you know, draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper, put your pros and cons. Uh, and Ben's shaking his head. Yes. And, you know, for, he's a very pro and con guy. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a healthy way to make a decision. You put, you can do it from a financial standpoint or what can go right, what can go wrong and all that kind of stuff. And what I realize now is that uh, my seminary training was you make a line, but there are no pros that being in relationship with uh, mixed gender, it's all cons, 100%. And I, I wonder if people, even when, would, would, if they sat down and said, okay, let's talk about the pros and cons of having, you know, this person be part of our relationship. If they might see that balance out in a way that might say, wait a second, we're really missing something significant here. When I think of the pros of all the different relationships in this in this community here uh, um, on this podcast, it's significant. And actually, the cons are kind of light. And mm-hmm. yes, there's a, a there's a big con that somebody could somehow get into an inappropriate relationship or whatever. But if all you do is put the cons in, there's no balance to the con, to the, the, the understanding of wh- whether we should be in relationship. And and I'm, I'm I'm thinking about how many decisions have been poorly made, whether they've been organizational decisions within churches or just relational decisions about community that have been poorly made because nobody's put down the pros and they haven't realized what they're missing out on. Thanks for that. Just to, you know, piggyback on that too. Um, I look at just the modeling of this group and how that's affected my friendships, my family, other things in the sense of my daughters will go to other guys maybe in their community groups or whatever because they've seen that modeled. They know. I mean, there are things they'll ask us questions. They're like, well, yeah, I know you're going to talk to Jackie and Steve about it or, you know, hey, <laughs> let talk to Amy about what I should do about this or whatever. And I love that it it goes forward. It's not just about our particular group. We're doing something that it hopefully will change the next generation's attitude about it. I know it has my kids. They they don't mind calling one of the guys in their groups and asking them a question. And that's because they've seen it save our family at times and they know. So I think it's not just about us. It's, you know, you know who you are out there. It, it makes a difference in our extended circles. Okay. So on that, I want to pause for a minute and just ask the listeners, um, when have you experienced a mixed gender friendship that made you more? I want you to think about that. You may have to go all the way back to elementary school or maybe preschool. Uh, Maybe it was when you were in college or maybe it's been a a colleague at your workplace. Um, Who who was that person in your life, if you could be thinking about it? And how do you look back on that friendship? What about it made you more? And then... I'd love to just challenge you a little bit to be intentional about building 
another friendship like that? Um, and in doing so, what might you have to adjust uh, or what might need to adjust between you and your partner or your faith community? You know, what might you need to negotiate, discuss or rethink in order to enter into healthy, mixed gendered relationships? Um, so I just want to put that out there to those of you listening. I mean, what could this look like for you? What has it looked like? What should it look like? Would you reconsider the danger romance narrative and maybe be challenged to move into the brother sister story. Um, I'd love to just, I, I want to ask my friends to be thinking this last question, you know, um, if you were to ask, if, uh, if you were to, you know, tell our listeners, you know, how do they initiate into like, how do you, how do you move out of, I mean, I think we've said a lot of it, but like, if you were to give them one thing, one step that you think, they might need to take, uh, how, how do they start? How do you start is what I guess I want to ask. I'm, I'm going to say start looking at people as people with skills and, and, um, personalities and gifts that maybe you don't have and start celebrating that. Mm. Instead of trying to separate that, you know, to segregate. To categorize. Um, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's good, Krista. Yeah, it's kind of like what Amy P. was saying is, is don't, don't, you know, worry about, you're not in competition with these people, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, is, um, is, is also letting go of, of some of those preconceived ideas that, you know, guys and, and girls can't be friends, you know, kind of thing, you know? I mean, you gotta, you, again, I, I think there's, there's, um, anyway, I just think that's, that's part of it too, is, is being open to where you are and the types of relationships that you have that, um, that you can, um, really sharpen one another. And I'm going to jump out and say, Hey, take a risk. Most people have a, a, a community of people bring more in. You know, we used to, when we were all living close to each other, we used to do family dinners on Sunday nights. And I love the fact that everybody brought people that nobody knew. I remember somebody brought somebody, they met at Starbucks like an yep. hour before. <laughs> I remember Sunday. that too. We had no idea who that was. So, so I think it's just a matter of taking a risk and bringing somebody in. It may, me it may mesh and you guys may connect and you may not. There's nothing been, uh, there's nothing harmful that has happened. You built a new relationship and, and as all relationships, it takes time and you have to invest in them and, uh, in order for them to grow and become more. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think Greg, I've heard you say to people before, like if it's a female, you know, and you're giving advice or you're asking questions or whatever, just being clear, listen, I'm married, I'm fine. You know, this is not about a sexual relationship. I am not trying to sleep with you on to you. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually just interested in getting to know you. And I, I would build, I, I do the same thing when I meet someone, because I know that the general narrative out there is danger romance. And I, I've learned, and this is part of my personality, this wouldn't fit for everybody. But for me, I just put it out there from the very beginning. Hey, that's a really nice shirt. 
that looks great on you, that color. I don't want to have sex with you. I'm not even interested. But that I just, as a brother, I want you to know that looks good on you. You know, that kind of thing. So that that's off the table. You know, like we're not, that's not what this is. And so now they know where we are. They don't have to guess. Oh, no, this is just, we're going to build a friendship. I would I would say um, being intentional. I know uh, when we gather around the table, um, you know, there's kind of a, just a general rule that the married couples don't sit together and um, that you have one conversation around the table. And I know there have been times where I've been around that table. I mean, every time I've been sat around that table with you guys, I feel like I have a voice and I, and, um, and so I think, you know, that's just one simple thing you could do. The next time you're at a dinner table um, and you have mixed friendships, you know, mix it up a little bit um, and make sure everyone at the table has a voice. And um, yeah, so being intentional. That's sometimes. great. I love it. Very practical. And I was just going to throw in, you know, I, I have to do this in, in pretty much any dis- decision that we make, whether it's financial or whatever, is, uh, well, how is fear driving the decision? And I think if, 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 if we look, I've just encouraged people to ask themselves, have, have you made a decision about a relationship more out of fear than out of possibility? And if that's the case, then maybe rethink how you, how that can go forward. And I would just say just to remember that we are truly here to celebrate each other. You know, when Jackie got her doctorate, I felt smarter because I'm part of this group and I can tap into that. And just to remind yourself that we're not in competition, ma'am. We are for each other and love and acceptance and humility and know that when they're more, we are more as well. Yeah, I love that. Kelly, I think you get the last word. I just wanted to dovetail on Amy G and what she was saying about having a voice at the table. One thing that I think really allows that to happen is the structure sometimes. And that's where we're asking one question or three questions, but everybody has the opportunity to answer that. And it really opens the doorway to more conversation. And then that way you're not sitting there next to the, with the person next to you, just having a side conversation. It really develops into a rich thought provoking, um, you know, insight driven conversation. Um, you know, where everybody is heard. And I think that's important as well. I love it. Krista. And listening to, hey, and just listening to, to the girls talk, I think it, uh, it it's way past time for another family dinner. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, but you Amen. and Steve and Amy cannot go to the grocery store. Because we all, but but they can cook. The scary part of that. You can't stop us, Jackie. You can't stop this train. Hey, I'm. No, well, and I'm going to say the scary part is what are we having if you guys go? (laughs) Good point. Good point. We'll let you. We'll let you cook it. We'll let you cook it for sure. (laughs) All right, that's my friends, everybody: Krista, Kelly, Amy P, Amy G, Ben, Greg, and my husband Steve. I am so grateful for your friendship. You know that I love you. And for those listening, I hope you've been given something to noodle on that perhaps the danger romance narrative isn't the best story after all. Have a great day. Hey, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then hop on over to themarcellaproject.com and sign up for our email or check out some of our other resources. 
You can also find me on the Marcella Project Facebook page or on every other platform of social media as Jackie Reese, R-O-E-S-E. Have a great day. Thank you.